Hello, and welcome to episode two of Staying Sharp, a quarantine podcast. We have a really good episode this week with a really good guest, Noah Hammerman, graphic designer for Syracuse Athletics. And Ben, um, we just wrapped up our conversation with him. Really excited for how this episode is going to turn out. Yeah, Noah was a great guest. You know, just seeing from, you know, his eyes a little bit of a perspective um, from somebody who's still a student and he's kind of in a weird, like, I wouldn't say weird, but he's in a little crossover between being a full timer and being a student. So yeah, he brought, you know, great, great um, insight into what that is like. And then even just seeing what his view is of Syracuse and their program. Um, it made for really good content. Yeah. So without further ado, here's our conversation with Noah Hammerman. Noah, thank you for joining the show. How are you doing? Where are you? What are you up to? Uh, well, thanks, Merm. Thank you for the invite and Ben. It's nice to virtually meet you. Uh, we're, <laughs> we're hauled down in, uh, Mechanicsburg, Pennsylvania now. Um, and, uh, and it's nice. It's nice just kind of relaxing and getting away from the norm. Um, but yeah, uh, it's much more different doing school online and finishing up courses uh, for this past semester. But I think it's a good time to just reflect and try to learn new things and, you know, do what you got to do. I, I think personally design and what we do um, is more important uh, right now than ever before, because the only content people see is us. It's not the players. It's not, uh, you know, anybody in uniform or anything like that it's it's just us making stuff and I think that's the best part of it uh yeah I agree um I think something that's interesting about you that obviously I know because you and I are pretty close outside of the podcasting world is that you've actually never lived in that house that you're in right now like this is not your home it's not like you're moving home from school and like you're moving into your childhood bedroom like you've never lived here before so what has that been like like moving into a new house I th I think it makes the the quote unquote quarantine uh, much more standardized. Like it's it's exactly not home, but at the same time, it's where you can haul up and be safe. And I think that's the fun part of it. Like at least I'm quote unquote exploring, um, but I really don't get out much. Uh, and I think that's the way it should be right now. Um, but I'm enjoying it. It's it's fine. All right. So your graphic design career kind of started off when you were in high school, I'd say, uh, maybe middle school, you know, starting to learn some stuff for yourself. And I think you did a really good job of kind of, you know, going stepping stone to stepping stone on your journey, um, you know, starting off doing some stuff uh, for Pittsburgh sports teams on the side, then you get the job with West Virginia football, recruiting uh, remotely, even doing some work for Antonio Brown. Talk about the work you did leading up to where you are now, now you're at Syracuse, but how you got started and how you started getting those first clients and those first opportunities. Um, I kind of remember this one like it was yesterday. I was uh, in one of my friend's basements and um, I, I literally made an Instagram post. Like I had been doing design for a little bit, but I really wasn't interested anymore. And I had made a post and I was like, sorry guys I'm like done like this is taking up too much of my time and uh people were understanding but then I got one guy who um direct messaged me uh from West Virginia football and his name was Doug Cross right he was some multimedia kind of guru there and and uh, he messaged me and goes well if you're not quitting I got an opportunity for you 
And I think that started to get the ball rolling with everything. I wouldn't have been right, right where I am right now talking to you guys if that hadn't happened. Um, and that was the best thing for me. I uh, continued uh, to just work on things. Like even in high school, I remember being in physics class and making a uh, happy birthday graphic for a recruit for West Virginia football. Like I, I was all in focused on one thing. Um, and that was just making good work. So uh, continuing on, I got an opportunity. I made some fan graphic of Antonio Brown like a while ago. And we can go over Antonio Brown's antics all day. That's another podcast. Um, but but uh, that was a really fun opportunity. And uh, once they saw that fan graphic, his guys reached out and were like, hey, I run this account. Like, let's get something rolling. So that was a really, really cool thing. Uh, he was my favorite player at the time on my favorite football team, so you can't really ask for more. Um, with that work uh, in high school, it was really nice to kind of have that on a portfolio going into college. Um, so I entered, you know, I, I didn't get into the schools I wanted to, did get into the schools I, I didn't want to. So it was like a really confusing time for everybody, and that's how college processes work. Um, I went to the office and uh, the office at Syracuse to kind of show them my portfolio and and see what they thought and either accepted me or didn't or whatever. Um, and I did that and it ended up working out great. Uh, and I think that that work in high school definitely put me over the edge, which was very nice. And I didn't think it would. Um, but you know, when, once I found my niche, I kind of stuck with it. Now, last summer, I did uh, work for Indiana football and Indiana basketball and stuff at IU. And, and now we're here and I'm just looking for bigger and brighter things. But yeah, that's my journey. Yeah, I think uh, another interesting nugget about you is that uh, your journey with as a high school basketball player, part time basketball player, part time graphic designer, Oh my God, dude, those basketball days. I was so bad. They, I, I had, a, I think my total career was three points. Like I, <laughs> and I think that those are the most memorable three points in everybody's mind. Everybody was nuts when I made it, but oh my God. Yeah. Do you remember the specifics of the, the three? Uh, I remember it being late in the game and probably like an already win like, like it was already over before I even stepped on the court. So whatever. Hey, I'll take it. One of the things that when Brian was kind of filming in about you and your journey, I thought was crazy. Um, you know, you aren't, you know, you're a full timer, but you are still a student. I thought that was very interesting. If you wanted to just touch on what that is like for you to be, you know, in the office kind of working as a full timer, but still being, you know, um, I, I believe heading into your senior year of, of college. What has that been like for you? Um, so I guess I'll start with this. Any any person that's interested in what us three are interested in has to be a part of their college's athletic department because it is such an amazing experience. Um, not only the memories that I've made uh, make it amazing, like being in the Dome and getting to sit there and watch players like Zion Williamson come in and dunk all over your team. And I mean, it's like awesome. It's just, it's awesome to be there and it's a great environment. Um, but I guess the student part, I mean, I think that's just balance. That's just time management. That's on you, I guess, to really perfect and, and 
think about how you do things uh, and do it in a seamless way to make both ends meet. I, I know what I want to do and I know what I want to do when I get out of school. I think not many kids have that. Um, and once I, once I realized I had that and that's a really special thing, uh, I kind of just want to focus everything towards that. So even though some of my courses are like Hebrew or, you know, a dumb math class here and there, like, it's not like I'm not going all in on everything. And I think that's the, the most important thing. In college, nobody sleeps ever. So this isn't like a new concept that people haven't been doing. And I, I love being a part of like a full-time staff and being able to really have my opinion heard. And also, you know, being in the classroom and getting to learn from some of the most bright and uh, amazing professors uh, in any school. Yeah, um, coming from a new house reject to a uh, soon to be new house graduate, um, the education offered there is second to none, um, obviously. But I think for you working in a full-time athletics department and with your colleagues around the country being primarily full-timers who are already out of college, who are full-time professionals, who are some people that you've already taken some nuggets for that are in the professional field? And also, being at a school like Syracuse with that much talent, especially in sports media, you know, how has that been to push you? Like, you're into, maybe he's not actually your intern, but one of your interns, like, working for Bleacher Report, and, you know, you're collaborating with a lot of people. Like, what has that been like to contribute to your graphic design skills? Yeah, and that's a good question. I, I think... I mean, there are people across the nation that like inspire, you know, everybody uh, when it comes to design and when it comes to art and when it comes to anything. Um, and uh, happily, I've been to, I've been able, like since high school, I've been talking to these designers and I think forging relationships early was a huge stepping stone to where I'm at right now. Um, but when I, when I got to FaceTime, like Matt Lang, who's the creative director for football at Texas and, uh, and, and People like, um, who else? There's, uh, God, I'm blanking on names, but um, I, I think those individuals really help me kind of just see where I can be and the potential um, that's always there. And that's been an awesome opportunity to just talk to people and, and learn more. Um, and uh, I guess about, you know, my, my interns and people who work under me and on top of me and whatever, I think those um, those relationships are so crucial to make when you're in a work environment, and I've been able to make them really well and kind of blend in, and that's been like awesome. Like working with Akshay, who's one of the best designers I've ever seen, who's not even like all in on design. I mean, like you can't really ask for more. Um, he's he's just an insane insane talent. And uh, we just got a new design, uh, senior designer, Melissa. She came from Dayton. She's awesome. Um, really good with like vector art. And uh, that, that's something that like not many people have. Um, and I think those individuals like Mike Lang too. I mean, Mike, Mike uh, was there before I was there. He was basically in the same position I was kind of coming in as a student at first. And he was their first creative student. And now he's the head of videography and basically head of content creation um, on campus. 
So forging those relationships early, I'd say is number one when it comes to making connections in the whole field and seeing inspiration and then uh, making sure you're a part of the team and you, you uh, feel heard is the second thing. For sure. I think um, maybe somebody watch or listening to this at home and, and is just getting into graphic design or wants to know more. Um, you know, one of the things that I always look at is obviously other people's trends and, and things that are working for people. Obviously, last night, if you went on a feed of NFL draft, you saw a lot of video people doing jersey swaps. And that was kind of, I wouldn't say the first time that we saw jersey swaps in a video, but that was a lot more, you know, relevant to everybody's everybody was kind of doing it so I was just wondering how do you stay up to trends obviously I know you are probably on every social media looking at it um, but how do you know when to kind of try something out and and know that that wave is kind of pushing from what you have are used to being doing and you know kind of transitioning into something new um I guess I'll start with this question by saying I don't love the idea of trends. I always, I think being in a design school um, in Newhouse, where I'm in this like Viz, it's called the Viz program. So it's visual communications, very talented folks in there. Um, and what we try to learn in all of our courses is basically everything that's thoughtful design is good design. And I think that that's really what I've been trying to capitalize where it might have like instances of trends or whatever. Um, that's the most important thing. When we come into a branding year, like right now we're kind of in a branding stage before next year begins um, because each season we try to do something new for fans and just for us to stay on our toes and, and really try new things. But um, we always come in with like ideas and good design ideas. One year we did like, I think this was my sophomore year. We did a lot of like grunge textures and the, and the point of that wasn't because it was popular at the time. The point of it was because Syracuse has traditionally had to grit and grind for respect in the ACC and the big East when they were in the big East and, uh, and that kind of trend and having a powerful design message behind that instead of just pumping out thoughtless graphics that mean nothing and they're trendy and whatever, and they look cool. I think that doesn't, make anybody really happy except for the pe person making it like people may put a fire emoji on your post like it doesn't have any meaningful remarks under it so good design is the best design and and that's what i try to do but hey if people want to do trends and have fun doing it i'm not gonna do anything i'm sure i was there at one point so definitely enjoy it but at least that's my opinion now with um with making good design so yeah yeah, I think that's really interesting what you said about, um, you know, mimicking the design elements to the style of play or the brand of the school. Um, talk about working for a brand as strong as Syracuse. Um, for a designer, you probably drool over the unique color scheme. Uh, you get to be on a pretty cool Nike contract. Uh, you get some cool uniform uniforms. I know you even worked on a uniform this year, or maybe it was last year. Um, kind of talk about the importance of the brand in it and how you use everything you have to make the best stuff possible. I think with such an abundance, it's hard not to just like drool over what we've got in front of us. Um, the history is, is there, like you have the color scheme, like you said, is there, the typography is there, 
literally there's the script typeface oh my god the script typeface is there that's the best that's the best typeface um and so using those tools to kind of shift what we want to do as a as a program and as a brand helps us immensely when it comes to like having things to post and like we never run dry of ideas um we have nba alumni nfl alumni like it's it's unbelievable what we can do um with what we have at our disposal uh and working with that has been i i think the opposite of a challenge it's been like amazing because we actually have things to do um i think schools like um i don't know like wyoming or utah and stuff like that i think it's more difficult um and i'm not calling them out by any means but i'm i'm just like thinking out loud uh with stories as rich as we have here uh it's hard to just like stop making stuff and not have any ideas um so as an intern like not somebody full time not somebody being asked like a rigorous schedule or anything um i think it's it's really fun to just like experiment with these ideas that we have at our disposal and uh using orange has been like one of my favorite things i love the orange and white like not as much the orange and blue i'm not an orange and blue fan i love the orange and white though um so making that look really smooth and clean for every viewer is my favorite my favorite part of uh working for this brand but yeah that's what i love about using everything at our disposal yeah and i think one thing that you mentioned which um you know you were talking about having everything at your disposal like you just said you know all the history all the alumni in the nfl nba um now obviously with live sports not happening right now i mean you have a chance to kind of dive into that work even more i know you said you dove into it when you were first starting and it was you know a lot of content for you to be able to make have you been you know with all this free time you've had maybe you maybe you don't have a lot of free time but have you been going to those you know history books and and doing a lot of research and making a lot of that during this quarantine or how have you been staying busy with the workflow yeah um so right now actually uh i don't know when this is going to air hopefully i finish it before it does um, but I'm making a, uh, a vector, like nine Jersey vector thing of like historic jerseys and it'll be like a pick three and it'll be nine jerseys or something, you know, the, that trend. Um, but it'll have our branding on it, which is good, but, uh, that'll be something we're pumping out and, and other historic, like we've been doing like on this day and 1996, the orange, uh, defeated whoever, to make the to make the national championship against Kentucky, so I think those types of types of posts are important. But I mean, when you get down to the nitty gritty, there are still like kids joining your team next year that we really need to focus on, and obviously new branding um, and uh, and the transfer portals happening. So things are happening all the time, and you never know where somebody's going. We have a player going to the NBA draft, so I've been working on like not draft content, but basically like thank yous and um, Jersey swaps and all that stuff. So it, it's, it's good stuff to be working on right now. Um, the historic stuff is really fun, but, uh, but yeah, we're just pumping out graphics here and there just so fans don't run dry and don't get disinterested. Uh, we have 99.7 thousand uh, followers on, on uh, Instagram right now on the Q's men's basketball Instagram. I think, 
my goal all year has been to hit um, 100K. So we're just working towards that and getting fans interested and having a good time. Something that's so unique and so recognizable about the Syracuse brand and like everything that Syracuse stands for is that, and it's something I'm kind of jealous of uh, that I feel like Temple doesn't have as strong of like Syracuse is, it's almost, it reminds me of like a Penn state as much as I hate to say that. Like there are so many people, whether it's like an alumni group or it's the entire geographic area surrounding the school, like, there are so many people that follow it. There are so many people that are, you know, intertwined with the history of the program and the history of the school that that following, it's almost like you have to put out that content because the people are eating it up. The, the fan base. So I think for you, that's definitely got to be nice to have so much engagement on posts that are about things that have happened 10, 20 years ago. Yeah. And I think, uh, to go along with that, it's just the dedication of the fans is unbelievable. I've never really been a part of like a, a college program before, like I have been with Syracuse the past three years. They are crazy. Like, I, I couldn't even imagine going to like a, a Duke basketball game and replicating what is 35,000 kids and uh, adults in the dome on a, on a nightly basis. It's unbelievable. Um, the numbers we can pull and, and the fans we can achieve. And not only are they like there, they're there, like they're loud. Um, they're orange, they bleed orange, um, which makes us as creatives want to really like blend in with the community and, and make you interested in what we're doing here. Um, and what we've been able to do, which is great, is blend that and make that intersection between like city and team um, that only like NBA franchises can do this is like like when you think of Syracuse you don't even think of like oh the city the post postmodern industrial like city up in upstate New York no you think of like Syracuse basketball the pride the orange kid the carrier dome um you know the fans I think that's the best part of it is be, being able to make that intersection and being able to make people come to these seats flock and and be so proud of you know, that, them being there and them being orange. So something I've been following along with and getting back to the, you know, whole how you're staying busy, how you're staying sharp, the whole quarantine talk. I have been very jealous of your work with After Effects, with video stuff. What other new things have you been trying to learn while you're at your new home? You know, maybe taking a break from graphic design, maybe taking a break from the grind. What else, what else have you been diving into? Um, I mean, other than schoolwork and all that stuff, that's not really learning anything, but it, it's supposed to be learning, I know. Um, but, uh, other than that stuff, really, I've just been diving into After Effects, like you said. I think that's a tool that many people scour at and they're afraid to even attempt. And once you get into it, it's not that scary. It's almost just like Premiere, but, um, a little more graphical. Uh, and I think that's... That's uh, something I've definitely been doing. Um, I bought a new camera recently, a new Sony mirrorless camera. So I've been taking that out for a spin and trying to go on walks and just see what's out there and, and learn more about Lightroom. I, I love working in Lightroom already. So I think the more the better. Um, learning more about layouts and 
in uh, Instagram, you know, the slider layout is really popular and it's, it's a good thing to go along with people's brands. So we've been trying stuff with that. Um, I think that's pretty much it. I think like, obviously, as much as you can learn during this time period, do it. But we understand, I think, as a collective group of humanity that um, if you're going through something, then don't always be forcing yourself to try things that are new and and just take your time to to really uh, think about how everything's going um, and be with your family and, and your friends. So yeah, it, it's been a great experience just learning new things and, and having this really unique time period uh, in the country. Yeah, I think for something that, you know, you were talking about just before um, Brian asked that question, you know, you were talking about the pride, the orange and, and just the atmosphere and how many followers you have and, you know, the atmosphere that, I mean, I haven't been up there, but I can only hear, you know, so many stories about the dome and, and that kind of stuff. And, you know, the atmosphere seems unreal. I mean, we don't have something like that at, at Temple um, yet. And, you know, we have it in glimpses for certain games, but it's like every game up there for you guys is, you know, a packed house. I just, what do you think that it could look like? You know, I'm sure you've heard the rumors about, you know, maybe no fans involved at, you know, fall sports, if they do them. Um, what do you think that it, that would affect, have an effect on the football team? And then if it, if it, you know, trickles into basketball season, what would that, you know, look like with a, a sporting event with no fans? I love this question because it almost treats me like I'm, you know, somebody of importance in this, uh, in this <laughs> whole thing. But uh, I guess I'll go along with this. I know how dedicated these athletes are working working with athletes is like my biggest pride. I think this year was a huge year to really get to know um, people on teams and, and be a part of that. Uh, and I think that helps with branding and everything when you get to know the people on your team. Um, and that, that can make a real influence on what you do as a program um, design wise. But yeah, the dome with no fans would be a weird sight, but I know how hard these guys work. I know how hard they practice. Um, I don't think it would be that big of an issue when it comes to like actually doing it. It would be very obscure um, if this lasted until basketball season, but if it does, then they play with no fans. I think that's, that's a, a great thing that we can all enjoy collectively. Um, all those fans that would have been watching on ACC network and would have been watching in the bleachers in the dome can now view it on the television. And I think, like, as long as we still have that and I can still be at the games and we can still work, then that'd be great. That'd be great. That'd be awesome. But, yeah, I think a dome with no fans, weird concept. I guess I'll leave it at that. You talked about working with athletes, and some of your athletes at Syracuse have – not only are they incredible on the court, but they also have incredible followings off the court. Uh, someone like – a Joseph Gerard, someone like a Buddy Beheim, or even, you know, into your previous work with someone like a Tyus Battle. What has it been like forging relationships with those guys on a personal level and then, you know, flipping your switch and going into employee mode and pushing them as faces of your brand? Um, I think it's a really humbling experience to uh, to get to work with people my age and and see how that operates and and that's going to be like the future of everything I think there's always going to be that like bright 21 year old either when he's drafted or when he's like 
just still in college and wherever I'm at at that point, there's still going to be that kid or that, that person, um, either, you know, male or female that are, that's just working and working tirelessly to be better. Um, and just a great person and a great human being. Um, and that's what I kind of try to look at these kids. Like, it's not like, Oh, you're only a player or, you know, you're just mainly a basketball player and you never, you know, do this or that. And in school, I think, I think being there for these um, players is crucial and uh, it, it's a fun time to really work with like people that are, you know, interesting and cool and people like Joe Girard and Elijah Hughes and Buddy Beheim. I mean, they're all like fantastic athletes, but even on the women's side, like Tiana Mugakahia is an amazing like women's basketball player projected ninth right now in the WNBA draft next year. She's awesome. Um, so, so even people, just people are great to work with. I, I mean, that's the, the biggest lesson and biggest takeaway I guess you could have from this is that people are awesome to work with. And when you get to really capitalize on, um, on the opportunity to work with such great athletes and tier one people, uh, that's, that's the best feeling. And that's why I love making stuff for these guys because they're awesome. They're good people. You've been to so many places. But you get to work in arguably, not arguably, the largest college basketball arena in the country with uh, one of the largest, not largest um, football arenas, but certainly probably one of the loudest. Um, so Syracuse athletics out the window. Players out the window. The dome as an atmosphere, is there a harder place in sports to play a road game? And is there another venue that you have visited or worked in that even compares to the hostile environment of an ACC game in the dome? Oh, Lord, geez, they're pulling out the hard questions on me. Um, uh, I don't think there's a harder place to play as an ACC team coming in uh, than the Dome. It's the loudest. It's the most packed, uh, it, it, unbelievable fan base. It's rowdy. It's like it, you want to grit your teeth. It's so loud. Um, and I, I'm sitting next to the person. I'm sitting next to Akshay or, or somebody, and I'm trying to you know, tell him something, and I can't. It, I, he's right next to me. There's no way we can even communicate. It's unbelievable the passion that the fans bring and dude I, I can't even imagine I'm, I'm sitting off to the corner either football season I'm in the press box and basketball season I'm courtside and and dude it is it's intense and and when you're near the court and you can feel that energy I think that's amazing and and when I was able to do that um for a few games last season that you can like really feel it and we weren't like an amazing record team like maybe uh at the point when we were at like seven losses and things were looking down, uh, I think the fans really brought the intensity. The fans were the stars of the show. And when we can pull people like, uh, I mean, we had Jimmy Fallon, Tom Brady, and Julian Edelman at a game together. Like, what, what is it? We had OBJ earlier last season, uh, MMA fighters all the time. It's like crazy when you can, it's literally the staple center of, college basketball it's it's unbelievable definitely I mean it sounds like crazy crazy atmosphere I mean last year we had some celebrities at Temple we had uh Reese Hoskins a few of the Temple um 
football players that, that are in the NFL, they came back. But uh, Reese did show up. He, yeah, he we, sat courtside for about a half, and then he just dipped. I don't really know why he was there. He has no connection to Temple. But well, hey, it was nice was to support. see him. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, it was a Penn Temple game, so it was something Philly. I think yeah. that's why he came. But um, we're gonna get right into the rapid fire questions. So, what's your favorite stadium food? If you're at a game as a fan, what do you what are you grabbing? Um, probably a pretzel or a dome dog, the, or dome nachos. Oh, dome nachos are the best. Other than the dome. Best press room food spread you've ever seen and the best dish or the best food item that you've ever had in a press room. All right, really unique situation. Uh, it was at Yankee Stadium. Uh, so it was it was uh, Syracuse versus Notre Dame for Notre Dame's like outdoor oh, series or whatever. Was that the pinstripe bowl? It was not a pinstripe bowl game. Uh. It was a season game and we got walloped, but that doesn't really, that's besides the point. Um, I think that press room spread was unreal. I mean, chicken tenders are good, but th- these were godly, I- I'd venture to say. Ben, do you have a favorite press room food item that you've had other than the Philly style, the Leah Chorus Center? <sighs> that is a good question. Um, I know, I know you don't go up in the press box during football games because you're I working don't. equipment, but so it's not it, like they have at, at the link, they have cheesesteak meat and then like you can get whiz like have like a bunch it's like a build your own cheesesteak so I kind of made my own up but it's like I take a pretzel and I just put the cheesesteak meat and the cheese on that and I make like instead of just having a cheesesteak I just make it like a cheesesteak pretzel so it's not promoted like it's not like something that they serve but I just kind of create it myself so that'll probably be my go-to it doesn't sound bad at all no, it's, um, it's, I got some I got some weird looks because like my first day doing it, people were like, "What are you doing?" But other than that, then I then I saw some people trying it out. Okay, so you started a trend. Yeah, yeah. good. Yeah. Um, mine, I have been a lot of places, but I would say probably the most unique and one of the best and like surprising dining experiences I've had in a press room is the Rutgers press room. I worked a Rutgers women's basketball game versus Ohio state. They had a Buffalo Mac and cheese. That was excellent. Our standards are so low, aren't they? Yeah. We're not really looking for anything special. We're just... no, well, not at all. If you've ever been to a game at the Leah Chorus center, Philly style under a heat lamp. I don't, I don't know. I mean, you can only go up from there. <laughs> Um, Penn gave us, uh, before I worked for Temple, I went and I covered a Penn Drexel game at, um, God, I just blanked on the name. Jeez. People are going to, people are going to be, uh, shred me for that one. Uh, and they gave us like, it was chicken tenders. They weren't godly. I'm not going to say they were godly, but it was chicken tenders and like hoagies. So it was something like different that I, I wasn't used to, but again, it wasn't like amazing, but. Pressure and spreads can make all the difference. Okay. Sure. Uh, next yeah. One. Yeah. Next question. So, favorite sport to make graphics of? Uh, I mean, I grew up playing basketball, so I'd have to say basketball. But um, I, I think right now, I guess I'll give you like a hint into what I'm working on uh, for branding. And it's really like getting back to the roots of basketball and diagrams of the court and stuff and uh, I think that'll be really interesting for our brand to see where we go um, but yeah I just love the sport and 
I'm looking forward to working more games and until I'm done, sadly. But yeah, it's great. All right, favorite story um, working with a Cuse legend. Maybe it's a favorite, you know, interaction with Coach Beheim. Maybe it's some the conversation you've had with uh, Dino Babers. What's your what's like your story that you want to that you're gonna remember for a long time that you've gotten out of your time at Syracuse? This is a unique one. Um, so I was at least like for the past I don't know year and a half or so. We do um, recruit photo shoots up like right near Beheim's office, and uh, we had one time a a kid walk by, and I didn't think anything of it. Um, eventually, I learned that it was like Isaiah Stewart, who's now going into the NBA, but um, and he just uh, went to Washington. But yeah, I was standing there, and I I just had a, a little conversation with Jerry McNamara, who's like a legend um, from Scranton, and I grew up in Wilkes-Barre, so I I don't think he knew that at the time, but I think that was like it meant the world to me to even like, you know, have his name in my breath, and he's one of the biggest Cuse legends, uh, you know, I could think of, you know, small white guard from Scranton, Pennsylvania. They drive a they drive a uh, bus full of kids every game to come see him and and uh, come up to the dome. I think that the passion that he like brought with him from Scranton and he got to play with Mello his freshman year, I think like that just made everything for me. That was the best. I think um at least my last question. I know Brian has one more in the rapid fire sequence. Um, just going back to graphics, what was, I mean, maybe I know you make tons of graphics every season, so I'm not going to sit here and say favorite graphic you've ever made, but just in this past basketball season, we'll take, for example, what was your favorite basketball graphic that you had to make? Or, you know, if it was a final score graphic from a certain game or whatever. Um, I'd probably have to answer with like a series of graphics. And uh, I did basically like a game day series um, by myself. And I, I was kind of like stranded. And really, we don't have anybody else helping out much with basketball um, graphics wise. So it, it was a really fun thing to do to get away from the brand the slightest bit, but still stay on brand. And it was perfect. Um, basically, I made a new game day poster or Instagram posts or whatever for um, every game this season. We had like 30-something games, which is crazy to think about. Um, but I think it was a really fun process of me like getting back to those roots of good design and not just being like, oh, here's like a game day template and like we're just kind of throwing it around. This was like awesome. Like just to go through that process of doing good design and and being there, and I, I actually got to collaborate with like a few of my classmates um, in my program, in my design program, and get their not only feedback, but some of them did like vector art for me. Um, and I think that was great. That was like a really fun project to work on. Probably my proudest. Yeah, I think a lot of what a lot of schools are doing, and I mean, you can't fault them for it, especially if they don't have the personnel to do so, but you know, you get a game day template or you get a couple game days and a couple final scores that you can maybe rotate between and then uh, a lot of it is just template work and um, you know someone getting getting it done to post on socials and it's all about that but um, obviously something admirable about you and your program and 
what you do at Cuse is that, you know, this past season you kept it fresh. And that's something that's not easy to do over the course of a whole college basketball season while you're still also a full-time student. Um, I guess wrapping it all up, this has been a very good conversation. We've learned a lot. Um, but for a designer at home that's maybe listening to this, it's like, wow, like, man, this Noah kid, he's the man. He, he goes to Newhouse. He's the graphic designer for Syracuse football and Syracuse basketball. Like, he's the man. Like, what is one fundamental – I actually have two questions for you, but the <laughs> second one I'll say. But what is one fundamental that you wish someone told you you should work on from day one that you could think would propel you even further than you along than you are now on the process? Um. I, I mean, I, I wish I had started with motion sometimes, but I personally, I'm like glad about the journey that I happen to take. Like it's, it's really good that at least I'm at peace with like what I've done so far. Um, and uh, I think like I would say to myself, like, don't watch those dumb tutorials. Like I, I never watch tutorials. I, I'm like, I, I literally played around with Photoshop until uh, I, and I'm still playing around with it right now. Like I, I haven't perfected it. I'm not like a Photoshop master or anything or a After Effects master. Like I just keep grinding and working at it. But I guess from day one, yeah, like, maybe it would be work more on motion and see where that takes me. But I'm, I'm happy about where I'm at and I'm completely complacent with it, I guess. What is your favorite tool in Photoshop? My favorite tool to use? Your favorite tool to use in Photoshop. You're on Photoshop a lot. That consumes probably more of your life than a lot of other things. Snapchat, wow, Instagram. Wow, that's, that, that's kind of depressing to think about. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, well, my favorite tool probably, it, it has to be the pen tool, I guess, because that's how I cut guys out and stuff. But I mean, like, I use Camera Raw and and uh, different adjustment layers and stuff. I mean, uh, yeah, I guess maybe the maybe the vignette. I like using vignettes, so maybe that like a little gradient tool. Yeah, I don't know. Either pencil or gradient tool, I guess. For you, you've done a lot up to now. You've kind of gotten as high up on the totem pole as you can get as a student, and you're doing it at one of the highest levels possible at a school like Syracuse. What's next? for Mr. New Age of Sports, Mr. Noah Hammerman, two Twitter accounts. What is next for you on your personal brand, ultimately going towards graduation and looking for a position after that? Um, I'm just looking at all my options right now, personally, uh, and evaluating everything. I mean, I think this summer is going to be a fun one to just get work done, whether it be with Syracuse or or whomever, uh, whomever freelance wise and internship wise and whatever. I think like just learning more and, and being present in that process is, is a great thing. And I know I sound like a broken record when I say all these things, but I promise they're like all real, like the process and all that. Like you really just got to go along with these and it sounds really cliche and I'm sure this whole interview has, but what's next? Hey, only time will tell. Um, I could tell you, I, I'd love to work in the NBA. I'd love to work in the NFL and work uh, work at a team level and a franchise level and do that. Maybe eventually start my own freelance business and try to get things off the ground and 
I mean, th these are all big dreams and I think they're attainable if, if I still like keep the same mindset and keep going. But yeah, and I, I didn't really get to answer the question from before about, um, you know, talking to the person who's listening to this right now and thinking I'm cool. I think step one is don't think I'm cool. Um, I'm not that cool. Uh, I'm fun to talk to, I guess, but I'm not that cool. Um, and, uh, and I think the second thing is, and a lot of designers say this, and I think it's like more true for me because we're all bored right now, is don't be afraid to just like contact me. And uh, I'm sure attached to this like whole podcast thing will up be all my information. Like I'll leave my phone number if you want to call me. I don't really care. Um, I'm happy to talk to anybody at any time. And I, I just love talking to creatives because I was doing the same thing that they're doing now when I was in middle school and high school and just learning and, and being there. And I'm happy to look at work and help you out. But yeah, I think, uh, I think that's all. Thank you. Thank you for uh, taking the time to interview me. And I'm glad I got to be here. It was our absolute pleasure to have you as guest number two on Staying Sharp. Uh, follow Noah on socials, New Age of Sports on Twitter, and Noah Hammerman, the Graham Noah Hammerman. Uh, we could save the social security number for interested <laughs> parties only. And then uh, maybe the three of us can go uh, run Rocket League sometime. For sure. But again, Noah, thank you for your time. I appreciate it. Of course. Yeah, I appreciate it, man.